Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 2011, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist uh, uh, Jose Antonio Vargas outed himself as an undocumented undocumented immigrant in an essay published in the New York Times magazine. Document, the document chronicles his journey to America from the Philippines as a child and his journey through America as an immigra- immigration reform activist and his journey inward as he reconnects with his mother, whom he hadn't seen in over 20 years. We're joined today by the writer, a producer, and director of the film Document, Documented, pardon me, Jose Antonio Vargas. Jose, welcome to Film School. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Apologize for that mangled introduction, but we are talking about <laughs> the film. Right, we're, right. we're talking about the film documented uh, here, and uh, and and we're speaking with Jose Antonio Vargas. Thank you. Um, listen, uh, what a what a a brave thing for you to do to really to invite cameras into your life to document uh, some of the most intimate moments and and uh, uh, of of this period of time that you you've been going through since you announced that you were an undocumented immigrant. Tell me a little bit about the decision that went into um, allowing that to happen. Well, I mean, first of all, it wasn't supposed to happen like that. Okay. <laughs> My original yeah. concept for the film was something much different. Mm-hmm. Um, before I started filming, I thought I was going to do inside job for immigration, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Basically, like, make an argument and just string together what Charles Ferguson did and do it for immigration. And that's what I was going to do. That okay. was my original idea. Mm-hmm. And then once I started watching C-SPAN footage and YouTube clips of politicians, I was thinking, do I really want to interview politicians mm-hmm. and make this about politics again? I feel like it's already an overly politicized issue. Mm-hmm. So then I mixed that idea. And when we started shooting, the tr- my treatment was on the Dream app. It was waiting for Superman meets the Dream app. So basically find <laughs> five other undocumented young people and film them. Yeah. So basically in the film, I would have I would come out, right? Yeah. And then I would cover other young people who have come out about being undocumented. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was going to do. Okay. And then, um, and then things changed. And then halfway through filming, as any very safe filmmaker will tell you, like, the documentary really sometimes decides for you what it wants to be instead of what you want it to be. Yeah. So uh, it became kind of clearer and clearer that I was getting in the way of all these other young people that I was trying to tell their stories. And then it became really personal when I decided to set a film crew to film my mom. Mm-hmm. So that's when the documentary, and you know, as, as you know, I'm sure, yeah. you know, personal films are really hard to make um, without... You know, the cringe factor is usually high. Um, yeah. And, you know, it can be uh, stupefyingly, like, self-aggrandizing. Um, so as much as possible, I just was like, you know, I once we decided that we were going to go personal, you know, I had a meeting with, with the team, with the filmmaking team, and said, you know, the goal here is to not make me look good. <laughs> like, that's not the goal. I'm directing the film. I don't, I, you know, the goal is not to make me look good. Yeah. The goal is to capture whatever this person, me, is about to go through. Yeah. 
with as much kind of honesty as possible. We were going for raw without being, you know, how do you not go overboard, right? I mean, yeah. for me, that was like a really big question all the time. Like, how do I not go overboard? Especially with my mom in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and God bless, God bless editors, is all I can say. Yeah, God well, and editors. let's let's uh, let's throw some credit uh, at Anne uh, Lupo, as she's the co-director and co-producer in this film, so... Yeah, but, you know... The really yes, and she you know she was um she was actually right out of I got in um when she was a junior or a sophomore at NYU mm-hmm. she was like twenty years old when she started working with me okay she didn't really know how to operate a camera <laughs> she was learning how to operate a camera so we were at this interesting journey together um but the but the, but the person in the film that has become really key for us is Sabrina Schmidt Gordon the editor of the film mm-hmm. because. She was the one that had to make sense of everything, mm-hmm. um, and she was the one that really had to push me. I mean, Ad Lupo, you know, like the, a young filmmaker did a really great job, uh, especially for somebody who was starting out. She had, you know, skills are important, right? Which is why once she told me that, like, okay, I don't really know, I'm learning how to do this, and I'm like, that's great. But what mattered to me more was her heart. Yeah, that's just right. Gonna, yeah. So many of those scenes, she was emotionally present with me. Yeah. You know, I mean, the challenging thing about this is I'm making a film, but I'm going through it myself, right? Right. So it was really emotional. It was really challenging. And then the woman that was really key for us is Clarissa de los Reyes, because she was the one that interviewed my mother in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a really tough job for her, um, operating the camera and basically, you know, well, directing that shoot. Right. Well, I'd, I would assume Anne's role, as you're describing it, sounds as a sort of a foil, you know, for you to be able to at least gauge your how things were going in as someone who could kind of give you some feedback in terms of as the film. Well, I mean, was, this, this was really an incredibly unorthodox production, yeah, right? Yeah. So that, it, that wasn't just Anne. I mean, I wish I could give everybody it. I wish I could. You know, this was really a collaborative effort, mm-hmm. and I think everybody wanted... First of all, I wanted to make a statement. Because in the beginning, people were telling me, this is my second film, or I'm about to do my third one. Mm-hmm. This is also my first directing film. The first film I worked on, I only produced and wrote. Um, co-produced and wrote. So, people were telling me, oh, you can't direct your own film about your own life. You know, my, my filmmaker friends were telling me this. Yeah. And I said, yes, I can. And I wanted to make really an artistic statement, right? As far as I'm concerned, this film is in some ways, you know, an act of civil disobedience. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not even, under the law, I'm not even supposed to be here. I was going to ask you right? about that. I mean, that, that is kind of the subtext. Under the law, yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. That's the subtext I'm for sure, the film. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is the subtext of this film. How, <laughs> how is it that you're hiding in plain sight? I mean, in the... You, well, I'm hiding in plain sight. I'm not supposed to be employed, but I just made a film, which means what? I employed, what, 40 people to make this film? Yeah. I'm actually a job creator. Yeah. So I'm not supposed to be here, and I made a film just to tell you that I really am here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That we're not only mowing your lawns and babysitting your kids, and we're actually, I don't know, making your films. Maybe some of us are actually going to medical school. Yeah. Maybe some of us are actually not even what you think we're supposed to be. Well, what the hell do you think we're supposed to be? Yeah. And that's the problem with this whole issue. It's been devoid of the kind of scope of humanity that any group and any community, you know, needs, right, right. and wants. 
Well, there, which is what representation. Right. Exactly right. And that that's the that's always this argument is always framed in such a way that, as you described, the people who are uh, or mowing our lawns, who are picking our, our, our vegetables. It's easy to uh, to dehumanize those people as just faceless and nameless. Or, you know, I mean, or, or, or to treat them as, abtra- you know, as abstractions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why the yeah. film is as specific as it is. Yeah. I mean, believe me, there are times, and sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I, you know, I, I wish I would have just found a subject and done the film on that person. Yeah. I wish it wasn't my life up there on the screen. Believe me. Yeah. Well, let me. That would be so much better for me. Yeah. Let let me remind our listeners that we're speaking with Jose Antonio Vargas. He is the director, producer, and writer of the film Documented. You can find out a a lot more about uh, this subject and about the film and at documentedthefilm.com. And also, uh, there's a an organization, a movement of sorts that you're in, in putting together called Define American. Um, yeah, it's a place for people to go and 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 really look into this. So, so you're absolutely right. I imagine you are waking up at night thinking, "What was I thinking about when I oh my made God, myself?" Now you're during the editing. Yeah. I mean, it was like yeah. you know, I was like, getting an emotional root canal. It was horrible. Yeah, you know, there was another film. I'm just you know, sort of being a film geek here, but another film that worked oh, very, very very well. Uh, that was about him himself and his mother and the relationship that they had and the the, the, the was Tarnation. I don't know if you've ever seen Tarnation, but oh no, I no, I haven't. What what is it called? Carnation. Tar T A R Tarnation. T A R Tarnation. No, yeah, I have yeah. not seen that. John... I, I mean, for me, the film that ended up for me, and this is where art is so important because you know it it, it liberates people. So. The film that I found most liberating during my process, my creative process, was Sarah Pauly. Yes. Uh, Stories We Tell. Yes. Yes. That film, uh, for me, because that was around the time I was, I had to make a decision about, am I really willing to put my mother, right. you know, the same mother that I hadn't seen at that point for 19 years, right, right. am I willing to actually put her on this film? First of all, would she even say yes if I asked her to be on this film? Yeah, you know? So, yeah. But once I saw Sarah's film, you know, she's a real artist, by the way. You know, she's, she's an artist to her core. Um, once I saw that film, it just kind of, it gave me the kind of emotional and creative space, um, you know, to, to, to experiment and to, to think that it's okay. That it's okay, first of all, that I'm telling my story, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it's really interesting, man. I mean, you know, when, when um, I mean, as you know, with, with documentaries, right? Yeah. Um, it's not too often that people of color get to tell their own stories. Right. Well, let, right. Let, let, let's let's give the listeners a li- little bit of context because I, I w- it is an important part of the film. It is it's key part of the film is the relationship uh, and uh, your past history uh, with your mom. But tell us a little bit about how you came to America. I don't know that we really <laughs> even pretty much covered that. Yeah, so. so I was born in the Philippines. My mother, when I was 12, decided that, you know, she wanted to give me a better life, so she sent me to live with her parents, my grandparents in California, um, who were both naturalized American citizens. I didn't realize until four years when I got here um, that the papers, the green card and the passport that my grandfather had given me was fake, yeah. were fake, until I went to the DMV to get a driver's permit. So, you know, the relationship with my mother became very challenging just because 
early on when I was younger, I didn't really understand why she did what she did, and I didn't understand why my family, how they came up with this plan. You know, they didn't really think it through. They thought I was going to come here and work under the table jobs and marry a woman and then get papers. I said, it works that way all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and at that, you know, and as, as, a, as a young gay man, I was like, I'm not going to get married to a woman to get papers. <laughs> so it just became really challenging. And it took me a while. It took me a few years to really realize how what my mother had done was, you know, the, the ultimate sacrifice that parents make for their kids, right? Yeah. Um, so the film you know, especially the third act of the film, really kind of covers that ground. And it was really important to, you know, capture that in all of its complexity, you know? Um, well, and it, not like a simple, of course I miss my mom. Who, who wouldn't? I mean, it's 20, almost 21 years. But it's complicated. How do I describe not seeing her? I couldn't write, I could not write what it means not seeing her for 21 years. But there's one scene in the film that does what my writing could not do. Right. Well, yeah, yeah and and why why it's so important, why it gives it 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 really gives the you know the the breadth and depth of this film uh, that is is that this is a something that's writ large for uh, immigrants coming to this country uh, is an issue is a is a part of the experience. It's a part of the story leaving behind yeah. people, you know, and especially, I mean, in your situation, you came here, again, they refer to the a group of people that characterize them as dreamers, people who came here for whatever reason, a number of different reasons are here, not by, by an act of uh, commission, but by, by just by happenstance, they're here. And now, under the law, they're considered outlaws, if you will. Uh, and, you know, and so that's this this part you're describing the relationship with your mother the sort of the the feelings the mixed feelings the back and forth all of it is something that anyone can relate to anyone can relate to what has going I know, on. I mean again you know I mean our goal I think of filmmakers is always to make something so specific that it becomes universal yeah right like yeah. you go specific enough it becomes universal right and I, I guess for me it's been gratifying we just had a screening you know like I've been having screenings in conservative Republican areas around the country. Um, just to just to kind of make sure that we're preaching beyond the choir. Yeah, that's the other problem with documentaries. Usually, documentaries only go to cities, right? And only we're only talking to people that already agree with us or already like see the point of view. Right. You know, like if we're not, I don't know. I made this film to have some sort of impact and to kind of elevate a conversation. Well, how now, that may seem that may seem naive, but. Um, well, well, how's, actually it's how's really, it going? How's it's that gratifying? How, yeah. Okay. Are you getting no, the reactions you expected? Yeah. Well. Oh you, yeah. Okay. I mean, because again, after people see the film, we were in Kentucky and Ohio, for example, and after people see the film, the conversation is no, you know, is not about oh, you know, these criminals who cross the border. All of a sudden, the conversation becomes, what would an parent do for her child? Right. Right. But isn't that, hasn't that been the question that we've been asking in this country since this country was founded? Right. When, you know, the country belongs to Native Americans and all these, quote-unquote, illegal white people started crossing the border and landing here. Right. Unannounced, unwelcomed. Right. Isn't that what happened? Yeah. And no, now, yeah, yeah. now we're making all these Latinos and these Asian people who aren't white all of a sudden criminals because they deigned to come here. Right. To make better futures for themselves—that's all. That people is, had always done. That is the American dream. It, it's always—it's been the—it's been we've been told it's the American dream for two hundred years. It's only when the American dream started to look a little bit 
darker in complexion, a little different in complexion, that things started yeah. to get... Re- and it's been, you know, we but have... That's a, why, but that's why human stories matter. Yeah, that's why absolutely. Stories matter. Absolutely. Stories protect us, not politics. Never yeah. politics. Right. No, I know. So, this country has always been a, a, been a struggle between, uh, you know, the economics, the, the business of America, and the story of America. And the story of America is about people who have come here from all over the world in, 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 in order to find a place where they can carve out a life that they want. And, 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 yeah. and, that's, and that's what this has been about. It always will be. And um, I hope it always will be a story of that, of our country, uh, that we are searching for a way to live together and to find a place where we want to be. And, 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 that, and that's, let me say this, we're running very short of time, in fact. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I have to go and catch my flight. All right, well, um, the, uh, thank again. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. The film, Doc, thank you so much for being here, at, uh, Jose Antonio Vargas. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. And I just want to wrap that up by saying you can find out more about the film at uh, documentedthefilm.com. Uh, and there's, again, you can the click on Define Americans. It's a project that uh, Jose uh, Antonio Vargas has embarked upon to uh, open up the discussion, to redefine what it is to be uh, an American. And, uh, and by the way, I meant to mention it on the, with him on, on the air, but well, um, Landmark Region in Westwood, it's opening today. The Landmark Region in Westwood as well as you're listening to us across the country at the Arkin Valley, Harkin Valley Art uh, Theater in Tempe, Arizona, and we'll be rolling out across the country uh, next week. More theaters will be added to, uh, to where uh, Documented will be playing. Landmark region in Westwood, that's the, that's the place you can he- see it here in Southern California. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.